Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. Do you want to win a $100 Amazon gift card? Well, enter your five-star review on iTunes for the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast and email it to me, hillary at pharmacyadvisory.com between now and January 1st for your chance to win the $100 Amazon gift card. Or take a screenshot and post it to Instagram and tag us at Talk to Your Pharmacist. Either of those ways will make sure you're entered to win. And now for our guest, who is the Chief Operations Officer at Fairview Pharmacy Services. We're excited to have Kyle Skiermont. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, Kyle Skiermont. Kyle serves as COO at Fairview Pharmacy Services, which is the largest health system-owned ambulatory pharmacy organization. He has worked his way up through this organization and has worn many hats along the way to gain experience in specialty pharmacy, infusion, and MTM services. As COO at Fairview Pharmacy, he helps oversee a $1 billion plus pharmacy enterprise that includes over 35 retail settings, uh, multiple hospitals, including the University of Minnesota, a specialty pharmacy and infusion pharmacy, licensed pharmaceutical manufacturing, a PBM and more. So Kyle, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to participate and I'm glad you invited me. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit about your personal life. I think I saw you were even a track and field athlete while in college. So that's an interesting fun fact, too. It is. Well, that's wow. That's going way back. Um, believe it or not, I, I actually had uh, gone to college, was hoping to play soccer and was injured playing soccer my freshman year and ended up uh, running track and became an all-conference sprinter, actually, in, in college. Um, but, but the reason I bring that up is one of my passions still today is, uh, you know, even as a guy in my mid-40s, I'm, I'm still playing soccer a, a couple of, of nights a week. And between that and, you know, my, my wife's activities, I've got three grade school-age children that, that keep me busy. We're, we're definitely very interested in you know, travel, we, we do a lot around sports, you know, food, cooking, kind of going out to restaurants, but, but definitely spending time with the, the, my spouse and my three kids keeps me busy and has kept us in the, in the Twin Cities actually for a number of years. I've lived here for about 20 years, about twice as long as I've lived every, any place else, kind of bounced around the Midwest, lived on the, the East Coast for a while. And I think similarly in my, in my career, I've been able to do that all in, you know, the, the different areas that you mentioned, 
Uh, I'm one of those those weird people in the world today who I've actually spent my entire career at Fairview. So have had the opportunity to to do a, a lot of different things, as, as you mentioned, some of them, but to have been able to do that with inside of one organization, which has been really fun. And kind of every two to three years as as I've kind of gotten that itch or if I've started to look to see, well, gosh, maybe I want to do something different. I've been fortunate to have that opportunity inside of Fairview and inside of a, an organization that has been you know, great to me for, for nearly 20 years. And, uh, you know, as, as I'm sure we'll talk about here, you know, has, has given me many, many opportunities in the pharmacy space. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, I, I, that's fun because my husband and I are also into doing triathlons and things. And he was actually a track and field athlete. And one of the perks that, uh, comes from with that is we get to go down to some of the Ole Miss football games down on the sidelines before, uh, the game starts. So we've enjoyed that. Um, so Kyle, first set the scene for us about what is Fairview Pharmacy Services and how is it considered the largest health system owned ambulatory pharmacy organization? Sure. So, so Fairview Pharmacy Services is really, it's the pharmacy arm. It's, it's a wholly owned separate LLC of the Fairview Health System here in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And as you described, you know, we're a, a fully integrated delivery network. We've got 11 hospitals, including, as you mentioned, the, the University of Minnesota Medical Center. We've got, you know, 60 plus primary care clinics, similar number of, of specialty clinics. Really try to be that, that true IDN of taking care of patients, you know, from beginning of life all the way through, you know, to, to end of life care. And so for Fairview Pharmacy Services, real, really, we approach it kind of the same way from a pharmacy perspective. We want to be a comprehensive pharmacy organization and really offer essentially anything that a patient could need in their healthcare journey. So everywhere from the, the basic retail pharmacies, which, as you mentioned, we have a number scattered around the kind of the Twin Cities metro area in Minnesota, but doing things like infusion and, and the specialty pharmacy as well. And really branching into the, the clinic operations as well. So kind of trying to be into the, the clinics and and really probably the easiest way to describe it is, as I said, just trying to do everything that a patient could need. And I think, you know, you, you bring up, you know, the largest health system owned ambulatory pharmacy organization. I, I don't know that I can definitively say that, but pretty sure based on, you know, kind of what we hear from others and, you know, a attending a lot of national conferences and being involved in, in a lot of other groups, we don't hear a lot of other people who are close to that, that, you know, one plus billion dollar mark at this point. Yeah, it's really impressive. And uh, as you mentioned, it's it's neat to see that you've been able to serve in many different positions throughout uh, this organization. Do you have maybe a, a favorite area of, of practice or has it just kind of kept evolving um, with all of the different areas of pharmacy that you've been able to, to experience? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely evolved over the years. And I think my interests and the things that, that I'm passionate about inside of pharmacy have, have evolved a little bit. But, you know, I think one of the, the core things that's, that's really been one of my favorite things that I've, I've had the opportunity to work on really in pretty much every job that I've had at Fairview is developing the team that I that I get to work with. So it, it was something that I think, you know, kind of coming out of school, I wasn't sure that that was something that I that I wanted to do. In fact, oftentimes we'll we'll joke with students and residents that I thought management and leadership was for suckers. 
when I was first getting out of school. But as my career has has gone on, that's been, you know, for me, some of the best things that I've done is seeing people who are on my team develop into new roles or really, I really enjoy seeing their successes. I very much enjoy working, you know, with, with residents and students specifically, but, but not just in the kind of traditional learner uh, role. It's also, it's the managers and directors and vice presidents who I've had the opportunity to work with over the years is, is, you know, like I said, seeing their success and helping to kind of, you know, build them up and develop their career has been something that has really brought me a lot of joy and then I think also just really expanding what pharmacy can be. So we've had a lot of success here at Fairview. You know, that success has has bred the ability to do other things in pharmacy or expand services or really try some things that, that maybe if we hadn't had those success in given areas that we would have been uh, you know, given the opportunity or afforded the opportunity to do. And in fact, over the years, you know, through some consulting relationships that, that Fairview Pharmacy used to do, but then also through a, a kind of spin out company from Fairview, a, a network of health system specialty pharmacies called Accelera, getting to work with a lot of other health systems around the country as well. So for me, it's been really rewarding to, to not only see kind of that growth and development that's been able to happen inside of Fairview, but to also be involved, you know, even if it's been in a very small way, at a lot of other health systems around the country as well and expanding their pharmacy services. So Kyle, somebody listening might think, you know, how did, how do you start at the very bottom, you know, as a staff pharmacist or, you know, a clinical pharmacist and, and work your way up uh, through, do you have any tips for somebody who's starting out in their career and how to, how to advance? Um, and then I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, um, some of your leadership skills that obviously you've developed and that you uh, try to instill in your team? Sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the things that I would tell, you know, new people coming into to the, to the market or, or coming into pharmacy is, you know, I think at, at the most simple or base level, it's to not be afraid to try new things, you know, to, to not be afraid to take risks with your career. One of the great things about pharmacy is there are so many different opportunities. You know, I've had, I think, nine or 10 different job titles and kind of job responsibilities at Fairview. And that's just in one organization, not to mention that I could have worked for, you know, one of the large chain operations, could have worked with, you know, a payer health plan, could have gone into to the pharma, you know, and the man, on the manufacturer side of things. So that the reality is, is, you know, once you have that pharmacy degree or that PharmD, it just it opens so many doors. And so not to be afraid to take a chance or try something that maybe you're not 100 percent sure that it's ultimately going to work out to, to be able to take that risk. But when you do take that risk, you know, to throw yourself into it 100 percent, you know, don't don't do anything halfway that if, if you decide to, to make that leap or if you decide to try something new, you know, do it with all your heart, do it with all your mind and, and really, you know, get after it and, and, and show up every day with, with the best attitude that you possibly can with the best intent and with, you know, and quite honestly, with the, you know, with the best ideas that you've got and not be afraid to, to implement those and, and roll those out. Yeah, that's helpful. And then any specific uh, leadership skills that you would recommend to, to people who are wanting to, to grow in that area? Yeah, so I think for me, one of the important things to learn in particular in healthcare is, you know, you're not always going to be the expert. You're not always going to necessarily be the, the smartest person in the room. You're not always going to have all of the answers. 
And that's okay. That, you know, for me, one of the things that I've definitely learned working with a lot of teams is, you know, my role is to really break down barriers for them to, you know, to kind of provide input and ideas, but that ultimately it's, it's the teams that I'm leading, right? So it's, it's my frontline managers, it's my directors, it's, it's my VPs that are ultimately the ones who are going to execute a lot of that strategy or the ones who are going to execute those good ideas. And quite honestly, are the ones because they're at the front line, they're the ones who are, are taking care of patients, that they're going to have those ideas. And so to not not always feel like it's always got to be, you know, your way or it's always got to be your idea in order for it to move forward. But to really surround yourself with with good people and oftentimes people who think differently than the way that you think and kind of similar to not being afraid to, to try those new things for yourself you know, to also not be afraid to, to really get behind, you know, one of your staff or one of your leaders and support them and support their ideas to ensure they're successful. Well, I think that's uh, obviously serving you well as, as COO. So Kyle, what are some of the, the biggest areas of, of pharmacy practice change that you're seeing, especially in the ambulatory yeah, setting? So I- you know, there's so many. I think some of the the, the big areas is, is really just overall the growth in what I'll call clinical services. And by that, what I mean is, you know, pharmacy is is changing so quickly and and moving so dramatically away from, you know, it's no longer just dispensing medication. It's not just pills in the bottle, but really owning all things related to medication therapy. You know, up into including the outcomes that those patients have. And so whether it's working, you know, specifically with a patient or whether it's working with a provider group, you know, really seeing pharmacists take a, a different approach and, and step up and, and, as I said, kind of owning that, that medication therapy or those, those medication-related problems. And so I see pharmacists and, and pharmacy integrating themselves into the care team much, much better than they did, you know, even at the beginning of my career. It was you know, I, I think about giving, you know, recommendations or, or advice to to providers when I was first starting. And, you know, the difference, you know, 15, 20 years ago to doing that and today where, you know, I think even the providers and, you know, various other healthcare professionals that we work with now, that's expected. Um, you know, and I, I, and I think one of the other big areas in the ambulatory setting is, you know, probably even more so than in the a- acute care setting, or at least differently, I think, is the importance of, you know, kind of cost or the price and that, that financial burden for patients, whereas, you know, as the cost of medications and, and quite honestly, as the, you know, the success and specificity of the medications increases, that that's becoming a whole new area that I, I see, you know, maybe not even necessarily specifically to pharmacists, but I think the pharmacy organization overall of really, you know, needing to be a resource again, for providers to, you know, to help ensure that their patients can, can start the therapies that they're prescribing, but then also for the patient to really, you know, initially help them to get on those medications, but then also from a long-term perspective, helping to reduce, you know, not only the, you know, kind of adverse events or kind of the toxicity from medications, but that financial toxicity as well. And, you know, how can we ensure that, that patients actually have access uh, to the medications that are being prescribed for them? Exactly. Yes, they do need to get access to those medicines. Um, so, Kyle, I saw somewhere maybe on your LinkedIn about new expectations of pharmacy. 
What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I think it's a little bit what I was what I was just talking about is you know kind of the the move or the growth in clinical services. You know, again, kind of moving past the well, we're a cost containment, you know, cost center, or you know, we're we're just about you know order takers and and order fillers. To know we're a key element of the healthcare team, and whether that be working directly with patients, whether that be working with providers, not only in the you know kind of point of care for a patient, but also in development of protocols, development of utilization management, you know, overall strategies within a, you know the the broader healthcare system, working with manufacturers, kind of in in all of those areas, really moving away from you know, the pharmacist who, like I said, is, is kind of the order taker, or the, the order filler, oftentimes in the basement of the hospital, to really moving out to the, the point of care and, and quite honestly, the, the point of impact and the, the point of influence with various stakeholders, in, including providers and patients. Exactly. Well, how do you stay current with all that's going on in healthcare and specifically within the pharmacy field? Yeah, it's it's a challenge. Um, you know, our our CEO of our health system was doing a presentation not long ago, and he was he was showing the rate at which medical knowledge doubled. You know, and if if you looked at a couple hundred years ago, it was measured in you know fifty to a hundred years. You know, even fifty years ago, it was measured in decades. And we're at a point now where it's being measured in days where, you know, kind of the, the knowledge that humans have in healthcare is, is doubling. So it's, it's a challenge to do it. I think, you know, f- for me, it's, it's doing things like reading, uh, you know, kind of daily updates, you know, from a variety of different organizations. It's attending conferences and not just pharmacy conferences, but trying to go to conferences that are, that are broader in, in healthcare but I think for me, you know, one of the, the big areas that, that I've seen and, and has definitely grown over the last few years is really it's, it's just getting out and, and talking to people and people not only, you know, just in the pharmacy space. Clearly, that's, you know, a, a way to be helpful and kind of staying connected to, to my network that way, but also ensuring that I'm seeking the opinions you know, and, and trying to seek out colleagues from other areas. So working with people who might work at a health plan or a payer, um, you know, making those connect points to people who may work at a, at a pharmaceutical or, or a device manufacturer, and not just clinicians, but people who are on the, you know, the business side or the contracting side of things as well, to try to ensure that the, you know, the information that I'm getting or, or kind of trying to stay current is not, you know, pharmacy is obviously very, very important to me because that's the specifics of my job, but really look at it, looking at it from a, from a broader healthcare perspective as well. And also making sure that, I, that I'm trying to stay updated, you know, with doing that reading or conferences or, or connecting with people around aspects outside of just the clinical care as well. Um, you know, so the, the business side of, of pharmacy and, and healthcare, kind of the regulatory and compliance perspective as well. Absolutely. So what are some of the things that excite you about the future of pharmacy? Gosh, that's another one where there's there's so many things that, that really excite me. You know, a, a few that, you know, kind of keep me coming to work every day or, or keep me really excited to be in the field is, is one, just getting much, much better about demonstrating outcomes and demonstrating that the interventions that pharmacists are, are performing or the interventions that they're that they're involved with are really changing outcomes and outcomes from, you know, from a patient satisfaction perspective, obviously from a clinical perspective, but also from a total cost of care perspective. And so as, 
as the data and the ability to more importantly, probably to synth synthesize and analyze that data is getting better. I think more and more we're starting to see just what an important impact the, that, you know, pharmacy and pharmacists can have, you know, mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of the expansion of clinical services. You know, that's something that excites me is really the expansion of medication therapy management and, and those clinical services, you know, we're seeing a lot more pharmacists at the point of care kind of in clinics. And that's something that I think will, will show a dramatic impact, you know, pharmacogenomics and personalized medicine. You know, I, I think as, as more and more we can, you know, I look at how oncology pharmacy has changed, for example, and not that it's perfected yet, but, you know, we essentially gave people poisons, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. And, and some of them were very, very effective, but had, you know, ungodly side effects along with them. Well, now we're moving into with various tumor markers and things and immunotherapies, you know, really being able to give people medications that are much, much more successful and targeted if, if you've got a given, uh, you know, type of cancer, but also have much, much lower side effects. And then I think maybe one last thing is just the idea of, you know, how do we start to use kind of remote access or, or different ways to, to, you know, give information to our patients, but also to get information from our patients. So just all of the various electronic tools and web-based tools and apps that are available now for us to not only as a provider be able to, to push information and to, you know, hopefully be able to push useful things out to patients, but then also to to engage patients differently and and to you know achieve or to gather patient reported outcomes and you know other various things that, that you know you, you can't get or you can't you know physically have a patient coming to you physically you know on a day to day or hour by hour basis. I completely agree, and I think uh, the technology is just continuing to disrupt the healthcare system. Not only is it making uh, that knowledge. Uh, change cycle, if you will, that you mentioned earlier about changing it from, you know, decades to days, that, and that's, you know, a lot from technology, but just um, how technology is enabling us to do things like telepharmacy or even just better patient engagement um, and things like that. So, uh, Kyle, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? Yeah, so I think one of the big pieces of advice we, we kind of touched on on an earlier question around kind of the leadership style of really not being afraid to, to try new things or, you know, to, to kind of take those risks. But I think one of the other things that, that I, I guess I wish someone maybe would have, would have told me or, or one of the things that, that I tell a lot of, you know, new pharmacists and new leaders is to you know, really own your space on the healthcare team, you know, that pharmacists are, are becoming, you know, more and more and, and already are in so many cases, you know, such a vital role of the team. So don't feel like you've got to kind of sit back. Don't feel like you've got to wait to be asked something or, you know, wait for your opinion to be, to be sought out. You know, if, if you've got an idea, you know, for something, you know, broadly, what, you know, it could be specific for a given patient, you know, speak up, you know, say your, say your piece, or even if it's something more broadly around what's happening in your given pharmacy or what's happening just even more broadly in the, the healthcare system. I think that is something that I, that I would definitely, uh, you know, share with my younger self. And I, I think one other big thing would be to get involved, you know, outside of just your, your day-to-day -day world. And that may be, you know, in a in a charity that you're excited about. It may be in a, you know, a given disease states. 
um, you know, or national organization, you know, for patient advocacy, it might be legislative, you know, or it might be with an organization like ASHP or the National Association of Specialty Pharmacy, or, you know, I, I don't mean to just, you know, call those two out, but the myriad of different pharmacy organizations that are out there, you know, to get involved because, A, it's going to help, you know, build your network and give you a whole lot of really, really smart people that, that you can tap into, you know, but, but B, it, it hopefully gives you the, the opportunity to, you know, change things on a level that you would not be able to do just on your own. Wow. Uh, so many awesome things that we've been able to learn uh, during this episode. Kyle, it's been such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hillary, thank you again for inviting me. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. And another special shout out to our sponsor for the episode, TheraWorks Relief, which is available in most pharmacies. Don't forget about your chance to win an Amazon gift card. It's Christmas time and you're probably needing to get some gifts. So be sure to share your five-star review with me via email to hillary at pharmacyadvisory.com or take a screenshot and tag us at talk to your pharmacist on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.